From Auburn, the sports capital of Alabama, this is The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067. And online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome in. It is the Monday edition of The Drive. Hope everybody doing well. A beautiful Monday afternoon. It's been a gorgeous day. Looks like uh, pretty nice weather for a couple of days and uh, maybe a little rain. But, I mean, it's going to be cool by this weekend. So enjoy this little uh, brief tease uh, of spring. Welcome into The Drive. Bill and and some guy over here. <laughs> The drifter that is has back. been that has been all around the uh, the south, headed out to the southwest, I believe, uh, this past week. Didn't make it all the way through the southwest. Made it to Texas, turned around and came back. Right. I got to see a lot of the country between here and San Marcos, Texas, over the last couple of days via bus, and some of it's very scenic, and some of it, you know, it's I had probably my... safer than in a, in a balloon. Yes, I would. I would prefer. You know. Oh, you know what? It's probably safer than trying to fly to Dallas last uh, week. Prob- on a, on oh, a plane. yeah, you're probably right. So, I mean, we we well, made. So, the, what was the weather like? Was it as cold as everybody so, had thought it was going to be? So out there? we approached Texas from the south. We took. A, we were going to. We can immediately jump into it. Uh, we were going to take a plane from Montgomery. We being the, the Troy women's basketball team. Um, we were, and did we say I'm Dan Peck? By the way, for new, newer listeners, may not know. Well, no, that's all right. They'll figure. They'll find. They'll find out later. I mean, sure. you're you're not like the uh, you're not you're not like the uh, the junior high that that was playing. You know, when you say we, the Troy basketball team, let let everybody know he is the announcer. He does the he does the play by play action. He's not like that junior high coach. Did you see that story? I last don't know week? what you're talking there about. Was, no. uh, uh, some some junior high uh, junior high team uh, played an assistant coach. Oh no. And, How and old are we talking? This is she was. I think she was twenty. Oh, that's amazing. Okay, yeah. I thought you were going to yeah. say she was you know, twenty-two vo- volunteer high school student. or something. Uh, no. no, we got a full-blown no, adult no. in so, the in the middle school game. So, okay. so yeah. All right. So we were going to the, we were going to fly from Montgomery to Dallas to uh, Austin and then take a bus from Austin to San Marcos. But the weather in Texas was basically shutting down the roads and especially the airports in the northern part of the state. Austin caught some of that. Dallas caught a lot of it. Tuesday and Wednesday last week, uh, it was apparently very difficult uh, sledding in the Dallas area, which apparently is it's usually pretty bad traffic-wise, uh, but you add, right. you add ice to the equation, and uh, the airport uh, was, uh, was just canceling flights left and right, and we didn't want to be stranded in Montgomery with a game the next day in Texas not knowing uh, how we were going to get there. So the coaching staff made, I thought, a pretty smart decision uh, to arrange a bus and f- and drive to Lake Charles, Louisiana. Stayed the night there. Practiced in Houston the next day. Shout out to the Houston uh, folks for letting us. You know, they, yeah, they, 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 nice. were, they were nice enough to welcome us and uh, got to see their very impressive practice facility there. It was it was jarring at the University of Houston to see Big Twelve logos 
everywhere because they are joining. Uh, this is right. this is their final year, not as a a full blown member of the Big Twelve Conference. But it's it's odd to see those logos everywhere. But they're getting ready uh, to jump into their new conference next year. And then we took a bus from Houston to uh, our eventual destination, San Marcos, to play the first of two games. We avoided the worst of the ice and cold weather. It was cold in San Marcos, but we were our travel wasn't disrupted like it would have been if we tried to approach from the northern part of the state. So it was safe traveling in, in that regard, but a lot of it. And uh, and luckily the Trojans uh, came home. Yeah, I was going to say oh. th- that trip is a lot longer if you lose. Right, and Troy, when you win both games, the way the way they won both games, they flirted with disaster in in both games. So Troy was. Uh, Troy was one game up on four teams with eight left on the regular season schedule. So Troy uh, was and four and two of those four teams were teams that Troy faced. The two teams they played. That's right. right on the road this past weekend. So there was a lot on the line. This this weekend was going to go a long way to determine who won or how many teams win the regular season conference championship in the Sun Belt. Texas State had Troy on the ropes. On Thursday night, they were up nine with about five and a half minutes left. Troy went on a a big time run, twenty four nine run to finish the game, and they, and they beat Texas State and San Marcos. They they they've won. Uh, I think it's been over five years since Texas State has beaten Troy. So that's and that's a team that starts five seniors. So you can imagine, you know, this was a shot for them to beat Troy and win the championship. And it was uh, it's got to be deflating to to let it slip away. But Troy went on a run and and, and came back and won that game at Texas State. And then the game. Uh, I, I was telling you a little bit yeah, about Saturday's game. Troy up 11 with a minute and a half left. Louisiana rallies to force overtime, including five points at the very end. And then Troy down four in overtime. You said a, they were down as many as eight. They, well, they were down. They were down five in overtime. Right. Louisiana was up bigger earlier in the in the game, but but Troy was down five with about a minute left in overtime. Uh, they they cut it to four, and then a three pointer. They get the benefit of two missed free throws on the other end from Louisiana, so it's just a one-point game. And then Troy comes down and hits the buzzer beater uh, to uh, win the game and, uh, and, and take a two-game lead over everybody else in, uh, in, in the conference. And, and that's a big game, too, because we've got Coach, Coach Rigby is from Louisiana. Her family goes to the Cajun Dome. Uh, Troy's point guard started her career at Louisiana, played the first three years of her career. This is her first time playing there as a road game. And they are notoriously, in both men's and women's basketball, those fans are vicious uh, and uh, they are passionate and they will, uh, uh, you know, it, it gets... Uh, you know, it, it gets uh, tense at times in the Cajun Dome. So it was a, a really emotional win for Troy, and they get to come back uh, getting closer to a third conference championship in four years. So Dan made it back safely. Also joining, uh, it's joining great to us. to be back, by the way. Yeah, I, miss, I missed you guys. Yeah, well, you'll be here, what, three days this week? I'm going to be here three, yeah, three days this week. We've got right. a split home Thursday. He's adding it. He was two days last week. It's three days this week. That's right. And I was, I was planning on doing Tuesday last week till the, you know, till the travel plans. Oh, I know. That's right. He was the, just here one day last week. At the week. last second. But oh, that's the, right. Uh, uh, but uh, no, we're, we're going to play at home on Thursday, and then we go on the road and play Monroe uh, on on Saturday. So I'm going to miss uh, Thursday's show with the game, and then Friday doing some travel. All right, and and also joining us here in the studio, uh, we we filled plenty of time. We're just waiting for Brian to <laughs> to, uh, to walk in. No, actually, uh, Brian Matthews from AuburnSports.com. How's it going, B Matt? Uh, it's going terrific. Good to be here. It's a beautiful day. Right? Oh, it, it really is. All right. So Dan was talking about the great weekend. That uh, that 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 he had athletically. Mm-hmm. Auburn had a great week, week last week. If you want a weekend where you compete your backsides off, yeah. and and then wind up having games that can cost you sleep, yeah. then Auburn then played you, two then of them, you, right? Then, Auburn, well, actually, they did three. Yeah. 
The men's and women's basketball. Men's and women's one. gymnastics. Oh, yeah. I forgot oh, about that one. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gymnastics. I'm glad you brought up the end of the women's oh. game yesterday, too, because that, that, uh, that is heartbreaking. That, that, that one's up. heartbreaking. That one, they can at least look at themselves. They yeah. can look in the mirror. Uh, gymnastics. Uh, all right. Let's, we, we'll get to all those. Um, men's basketball. Yes, there should have been a whistle blown there at the end sure. of the ball game. Uh, there are a lot of things about that ball game, though, to talk about. Gymnastics. That's a... That's a completely different story. Gymnastics, hey, Auburn scored very well, and that helped them. They move up to number five. But there is no way these these untrained eyes could watch that and go, the better team won. Did you watch that Friday night? I watched uh, about the second half, second part of it. Yeah, well, if you watched the second part of it, then you saw those scores on the floor where SUNY Lee with a much more – and, and 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 the Auburn gymnasts, I thought more difficult routines, and a couple of them hit them every bit as well as the ones that got nine point nine seven fives from the judges for Alabama. But uh, I mean, it's it's you know it's one of those things where the win loss record isn't the most important thing. It's it's the point. So so yeah, an, an interesting weekend to say the least. We've got a lot to talk about here today. We'll go ahead and take care of some of the business. Hour number one of the drive. Brought to you by our friends at Kia of Auburn on South College and KiaofAuburn.com. Kia of Auburn, where you're always number one. And they're also the sponsor of our hotline, where you can get through to us by calling 334-321-1390. You can also text the show 334-564-1840 on the drive text box presented by our friends at Southeastern Industrial Contractors. They also sponsor the podcast which you can find however you listen to podcasts. Use your favorite podcasting platform and search for The Drive with Bill Cameron or go to ESPNAU.com or RadioAlabama.net. Find the ESPN 106.7 tab and use the Podcast Center to listen to the show that way. That's all presented by Southeastern Industrial Contractors. All right, so uh, here we are on the Monday Drive. Drew at the controls, and we'd love for you to join in. Um, where where do we want to start? It's been, it's been a week since we had uh since we talked with Brian you want to just you want do we want to just go through the week because we haven't yeah. talked to you since signing day when Auburn got the official signature of Jeremiah Cobb mm-hmm. picked up um two commitments for and the future a, a, another more. preferred walk-on signee for this year in football and then added a uh, uh, a four or five star commitment in basketball that was all just on Wednesday. Yeah, yeah. It would, well, we'll start with football. I mean, I just think Coach Freeze has made a statement here in his first 12 weeks or so on the job, whatever it is, but especially over the last couple of weeks, right? Yeah. Um, going out and getting your number one quarterback target and beating Clemson for that uh, young man is, is big. Clemson does not lose many of those battles. And if they do lose no, them, they don't. You're they've right. They've been losing them to Alabama or Ohio State or some school like that, right? Yeah. Um, but not this time. Auburn went out and got their top guy in Walker Wright. He was a number one target. He was Clemson's number one target. Auburn won that battle. That's big. And that, that hasn't happened at Auburn in quite a while. I know Bo Nix was their number one target, but that was a little bit different. Bo Nix was a legacy. Right. Uh, Walker I... White is from Little Rock, Arkansas, and had never visited Auburn before. Never visited Auburn until he came down, I think it was uh, for an unofficial visit in January. Right. First time. 
What what sense do you get? I don't want to take any credit away from Hugh Freeze and what he's been able to do. What sense do you get that some of the other factors in recruiting, the new facility, and I think especially any improvements Auburn has made on the NIL front, what, what impact that is having in Auburn's success recruiting versus just Hugh Freeze's attention to detail and Hugh Freeze's ability to recruit versus what Auburn had previously? I, I think it helps. But without Hugh Freeze... And without his staff working their tail off, it wouldn't make a bit of difference. Not hey, a bit. And, and, and just an FYI. But you understand that question. Oh, yeah. I'm for, to, I, but I, I, just, I just wanted right. FYI, FYI out there to a particular listener who called in Friday and wanted to know why I keep questioning Hugh Freeze's recruiting abilities. And I said, that wasn't me. Yeah, Dan <laughs> has been the one. No, that, I mean, Dan was the one that wasn't sure if Hugh Freeze would be able to jump right in and recruit as well because it had been a few years and the circumstances from Hughes recruiting. That's what started all this. Sure. Stuff. You know, I'm, no, I, would, I would say that when Hugh Freeze was a candidate for the job, I the question I had, more than can Hugh Freeze play if he gets the talent, can he put it in the right position to win schematically, my question was, 10 years removed from his success as a recruiter at Ole Miss, would he be able to recreate or approximate that success as a recruiter yeah. at specifically as a recruiter at Auburn. Right. And I think it was a fair thing to wonder when Hugh Freeze was a candidate for the job. That's not to say I was explicitly right. anti-Hugh Freeze or anything like that. My attitude when Hugh Freeze was a candidate was if he can get the players, I suspect he'll do a satisfactory or or better than satisfactory job as Auburn's coach. Yeah. Can he get the players? Five question, you know, five word question for Hugh Freeze. I think there's answer a one word did. answer. That's exactly. <laughs> I mean, so we're we're, fi- we're finding out the yeah. answer to that question over the last few weeks, and the the answer is, I think, if you're an Auburn fan, what you would have wanted. Um, yeah, but but my question about you know the the advancements that Auburn has made elsewhere and how much that is impacting yeah. because NIL is brought up feels like every time any player recruits right you hear you hear from the other fan bases hmm. well that's that's why you know NIL you know is we, yeah. we can't compete well, that's and that's there. that's what you hear from teams that lose out on players and there was a you know, there, I mean serious there yeah. was a story I saw last week I think it was the the, the East West game where a year ago a very small percentage of players at that game. I guess they did a poll, and a very small percentage of the players in that game said that NIL was a big factor in their recruitment. And a year later, basically half the players there had agents, something something mm-hmm. around. I mean, so it's so it it has grown in importance, uh, you know, over, over the last year or so. And I'm just wondering, with with that, we've also seen Auburn improve its its standing in recruiting. And I wonder if those two things. Uh, how linked those two things are. Well, first of all, I think it was fair to have those type of questions or doubts or whatever you want to refer to them. I also think it's fair for the people out there who are upset, you know, with uh, Freeze's personal transgressions, uh, his past ones, and, and aren't happy with it. They, they're allowed to have their opinions. Sure. And, and to, but, I mean, I'm not trying to toot my own horn, but I felt like he would be a really good recruiter. Yeah. I, I just, when you can sign five stars at Ole Miss, buddy, Let's you know you're gonna really knock it out at Auburn, in my opinion, right? I'm not, I'm not trying to diss Ole Miss. That's just the way it is. And um, you're right in saying it had been you know a, a, about a decade or so. So there were, as he still got it. But yeah, yeah, he still got it. No, no question about that. And by the way, today is ten weeks. Ten weeks. Ten wow. weeks today. Doesn't it seem Since like November twenty eighth? Yeah. Yeah. How about that? Yeah. Um, the other thing I would say is, 
when we saw him at that press conference we had, uh, what day was it we talked to all the coaches? Just la- last Wednesday. Yeah. To me, he looked a little tired. He did. And I think that's because of what he's been doing. He hadn't stopped. Right. He has not stopped. I mean, um, yeah, it was uh, – he was he was glad I think to be able to sit be know that he'd be able to wake up the next day and maybe spend that day there in <laughs> yeah. the same place. But that that tells me this guy is determined, right, to drive himself to do what needed to be done. He knew when he took this job that this roster needed a whole lot of help, a whole lot. We're we're talking a roster that's three and nine or four and eight without the help, in my opinion. You don't even know, but you don't even know what the roster would have looked like because of the transfer portal, right? There could have been right. a mass exodus. Right. I mean, you could have been looking at freshmen and sophomores only, and and this team, you know, it's it's tough to project it to to four and eight right. even with with the schedule next year, you know. So it's it was it was trending. It was in, doomsday. It was trending in the wrong direction. <laughs> yes. at, to borrow Kendall Roy's line, all the graphs were going down. Yeah, they were right. Like that's yeah. that's what Auburn was looking at. It was a bear market. <laughs> yeah, it was, and and Auburn was uh, their iceberg right ahead, and yeah. so the uh, so, so yeah, I mean the way the what Hugh Freeze has been able to do yeah. as far as reversing a lot of that momentum, yeah. I think is is really really impressive, and I say that as someone who had doubts about whether or not he still had the magic as a recruiter, and uh, you know there was also the question of how legitimate those recruiting uh, accomplishments were because of of what ended up happening at Ole Miss. Although some people pointed out when Hugh Freeze was a candidate that. Hugh Freeze, the things he were accused, the things Hugh Freeze was accused of while he was at Ole Miss, many of those things were happening elsewhere in college football and college basketball at more traditional powerhouse programs, and those coaches weren't getting in the right. kind of trouble that Hugh Freeze ended up getting in as as the Ole Miss coach. So no, it's been a, it's been an illuminating ten weeks, and as far as his talent accumulation skills, it's. Hard not to be extremely impressed. It, it, let's talk about what he's done, too. We haven't yeah. really gotten to that yet. Yeah, let, let, we need to get to break, okay. and we will uh, get to that. Again, we'd love to hear from you. 334-321-1390. We're just underway here on the Monday Drive. You're live on The Drive. <laughs> the Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067. And online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email us at thedrive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the Monday Drive. 22 minutes after 4 o'clock. Bill, Dan, and Brian Matthews. And, uh, again, you can join in. Uh, we're going to yeah keep getting uh, – wanted to go ahead and continue the thoughts we were getting there about recruiting. All right, so, so yes, uh, this past week, yep. um, Auburn getting commitments from Malik Autry of the uh, 25 class. Big six six two eighty fifteen 15 years old from Opelika. Terrific attitude. You know, this kid's only going to grow and get better uh, in the next couple of years. I just think that's a wonderful start to Auburn's 25 class and a kid that wants to help recruit for Auburn, too. And then it's, at the time, it's second 2024 commitment, another four-star cornerback in Jaden Lewis from yep. Aniston. Another kid that was very highly recruited, very highly thought of. He's about 5'11", 175, but he plays pretty physical. Um, he's played quarterback uh, coming up before switching to cornerback. I think he's a ninth grader, his coach told me. And he's a kid that uh, I think can play cornerback, nickel, or possibly even a, a, if you need a coverage safety, if you're playing a, a mm-hmm. you know a, a passing team, he could do that too. So, 
two huge pickups in the 24 class and another big pickup in the 25 class. And, you know, it's not just important because of the players are getting right, uh, the numbers are getting, but this is making a statement because they're beating other top schools for these kids. Hey, they also uh, picked up a, I mentioned a preferred walk-on in Gabe Russo uh, out of Catholic in Montgomery who had a, had a PWL offer from Alabama, had a scholarship offer yep. from Kentucky. Yep, of course, um, the punter's back for this year. Um, Oscar. Yeah, Oscar. And uh, so he'll have a year, you know, before he gets here, before he can come in and start competing for that starting job, too. So that, that works out perfectly. And, of course, you mentioned it as we're coming up, but Jeremiah Cobb going ahead and officially signing. Right. Uh, also big. He is now the second-rated um, signee in this class, right? Because Keldrick Falk and our rank, he's moved up to a five-star. Right. But, and um, that is, have you seen Keldrick just walking around? I have not seen him recently. I saw him uh, at the basketball game mm-hmm. last week. Look good. He, yeah, I mean, and he's every bit of 6'5". I mean, he may be yeah. a little taller than that. He, they need him to play and, and at least be reasonably successful. Mm-hmm. I mean, help them out, let's put sure. it that way. You know, they, they need help with that position, that outside linebacker. They call it the jack linebacker now. It's not, it's not the edge position right. anymore. But that's a position that Auburn needs some help with, and I think he can help out right away as a freshman. And then uh, if we're, we're going to stick with football, then Friday, the, the big yeah. pickup, which uh, surprised, surprised quite a few folks because there had been all this Clemson, Clemson, Clemson mm-hmm. talk for Walker White. Well, I, I think if you follow <laughs> recruiting for the past you would expect him seven or eight years, uh, yes, you would expect that to happen. That's just the way it's been. When I started this, Auburn would crush Clemson in recruiting, whether it was for in-state or, or Georgia kids or whatever, and only the kids that Auburn didn't really want to take would end up at Clemson. And then that changed over the past, however long it's been with Dabo, eight years, nine years, ten years, whatever it is. Uh, and now it looks like Freeze is at least evening things up, right? Oh, yeah. a big win for him. And it... I just think it's also important right now because Auburn's up to three uh, 24 commitments. And I think they could be getting, I don't want to say close, close, but uh, I think getting closer. Yeah, and, and Walker White sure isn't going to hurt either. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he there during his press conference yes. after mentioning all his, his coaches and everyone that had helped him get there, as soon as he announced his commitment to Auburn, yep. he reeled off 13 or 14. Four, it was 14. Yeah. And uh, I talked to him recently, and he, he reiterated how important that was to him and how much he's going to be involved in helping Auburn recruit, which is the same thing that, um, you know, the two other commitments, Amon Lane and, and uh, uh, the kid that just— Jaden Lewis. Jaden Lewis, thank you. All both said they're going to work on that. But you look at Alabama right now, they've got four 24 commitments. You look at Georgia, they've got 10. Other schools have close to double digits. Does and Alabama have four before or after the decommitment today? I, I think after. Okay. But you look at those schools in Clemson, too. They usually get their high school recruiting done by June and July. Yeah, the majority of it. They'll have 20 commitments uh, by then. So they can spend August, September, October, November, December, January recruiting the next two or three classes. Auburn hasn't been close to that in years. And you freeze is starting to get Auburn back to that. It, it doesn't happen overnight, right? Because you got to catch up on the twenty-three class. It's happened more overnight than I thought I, it would. I I'm agree telling with you that. I agree with you. They're catching up a lot faster <laughs> with those twenty-fours. We I thought they could. We were telling people going into the opening of the transfer portal that it's so difficult to go find two or three starting caliber offensive linemen, especially tackles, and plug them into 
any college football program, let alone one that just had the kind of season Auburn had and is in you know sort of the the, the transitional period that Auburn seemed to be in. Uh, but uh, but Hugh Freeze did it right. I mean, Hugh Freeze went and got three offensive linemen that were group of five players that so many power five programs yep. wanted. Um, and, and he went and got them at positions of need for Auburn and changed the fortune seemingly yep. of, of how we talk. I mean, the offensive line outlook is so different. Plus the Juco kid, four guys that could potentially start. You got three defensive linemen that can start or be in the rotation right away that have that big-time power five experience. You got the Jet linebacker from Vanderbilt. They went out there and filled Fairweather. immediate needs. First guy they got, yep. Fairweather from from FIU. Big old tight end. I mean, it's somebody we've we've talked about him a few times now. But what I like about him is he's still relatively new to the sport of football. He was a basketball player that yeah. didn't get uh, the the kind of offers he wanted and made the switch late in his high school career uh, to being a pass catching tight end slash wide receiver hybrid, and he led his conference in most of those statistics as a tight end last season. So, I mean, to, to add someone like that to the offense, I mean, with all due respect to the tight ends Auburn has had, John Samuel Schenker had a great Auburn career, uh, but but it's a very different story as right. far as uh, what, what Ricardo Fairweather brings to an offense, especially a pass-oriented offense. Uh, what did I call him? Ricardo. What was it, Ronaldo? Rivaldo. 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 Okay, yeah. well. Yeah, I get that V in there. Yeah, it's cool. like, Here's the thing with what they've done on the defensive line. If you look at, at what they had coming back and you look at Auburn compared to other SEC schools, I would have put Auburn 11th, 12th, 13th, 14th maybe in the conference as far as the strength of their offensive and defensive lines combined. They're in the upper half. I, I, that's exactly I agree. Yeah, they are now. Absolutely. I don't know exactly how high they are. We'll see. Yeah, but I think they're in the but upper half. They can yeah. compete now. They're not going to get run over, which is what they were going to be. All right, we'll talk a little basketball when we come back again. We'd love to hear from you. Anything you want to talk about sports-wise here on the Monday Drive. Dan Peck on ESPN 1067. Online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into The Drive here on this Monday afternoon. 26 minutes away from 5 o'clock. Bill, Dan, Brian, Matthews, Marvin Sports. And, uh, yeah, we talked... Uh, football recruiting, and and but it it wasn't just football recruiting last week, Brian. I mean, Auburn right. picking up two big time uh, guard commitments in basketball. I uh, got it started, I guess, with Tahad Pettiford on Wednesday, yep. then LeBaron Filan on uh, on Friday. Man, 
this is another statement, I feel like. It's a little bit different than what Freeze did, but it's saying that Auburn basketball is going to continue to be a championship contender for years to come. Because um, right now, Auburn's got three commitments in the top 60 nationally in that 24 class. And these kids won't be here next year. It'll right. be the year after next. 2024. Right, right, 25 seasons, yes. So these are very good players. Uh, Tahad is probably a point guard. He's, you know, he's about six foot or so, um, but very, very quick. And, and, and he is a really good shooter as yeah, well. Developing as a shooter, I would say. But yes, definitely. And Phylon is just a scorer. Yeah, he's he's not. It's not just a three guy. No. He is a guy that that uh, drives uh, is strong to the basket, yep. and uh, he's six three, six yep. four with a lot of length. Oh yeah, yep. yep. He yes, he is what Auburn needs at that two guard. He can play one, two, or three, so he can also play some point. Oh yeah, and of course you got Aiden Holloway coming in, um, in next year's class. Right? Is that right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. yes. He's, he's a 23-24. He'll be yep. coming in this, this uh, fall. Yep. So you combine those two with Peyton Marshall, that big 6'10", 300-pound uh, big they got uh, committed to from Marietta in that class. That's just a strong class. I think they're going to try to get it stretched 4-2. I'm not sure exactly you know, who the focus will be there, but just an excellent job. I think it's already ranked in the top three or four nationally, that class. With yeah, I think, I think they're three, two or three, depending on where you look. Now, uh the shame, shame is that Auburn doesn't have doesn't have can't get those guys in yes. early yeah. because I mean if they could if they could shoot it and Auburn Auburn just can't I mean Auburn struggles shooting and and uh, you saw that along with the defense that both Auburn and Tennessee played Saturday made for a game that probably wasn't the most watchable if you weren't really interested or didn't really know what you were watching you you might think man this is an ugly game uh, it wasn't pretty. Unless you just love defense, but but Bruce Bruce Pearl lamenting after the ball game, they had some open shots and they did. They, did. they just couldn't hit them. They had a couple of threes that rattled around, did everything but go down, and came out. But uh, it's it's miraculous to me that that Auburn after they scored those first ten and took that ten two. You know, I thought about it. They had a ten two lead against Texas A and M before. They they went yep. cold. They had a, they had a ten two lead against Tennessee. Yep. After they got to that to that ten point mark, they missed twenty four of their next twenty five shots. Yep. And it's unbelievable that you could have a stretch like that in a ball game and still have a chance to win. The good thing about what's going on with Auburn right now is the biggest liability they've had. The perimeter defense is getting better. Oh yeah, it was better against Tennessee. It was better against Georgia, for sure, a team that really um, took advantage of that in their win earlier this season. And now comes a big test um, this Tuesday night at Texas A&M, a team that scored, was it 79 points? I think Bruce said that's the most they've given up an SEC game this year. Uh, their guards dominated Auburn. The, uh, it was the big guard that kept going to the left. I can't remember his name. But, uh, for uh, who? For Texas A&M. Oh, uh, I can't think of it either. Ah, I'll come up with it. But the point is, they've improved in that area. They've just got to get their offense together. But, of course, you've got to realize Tennessee. Talking about Taylor or the other one? Because Wade, Wade Taylor is, is one of the guys. No. Rad, Radford and Wade Radford, Taylor. Radford. Radford's it was Radford. Radford's Radford Tyrese Radford. Oh, yeah. And they could yeah, not stop Tyrese his drive. Radford. Radford's yeah. one that kept going to the basket. Uh, it's yeah. like, yeah, I couldn't think of his name. But, yeah. But, yep. yeah. So they've improved that area, and, and another big test with Radford uh, Tuesday night. So that's a plus. And yes, they've got it. They've got to start making more shots. Uh, but you also have to give t- credit Tennessee one of the best. Tennessee well, the best statistically is one of the best defensive teams 
in decades. Yep. Uh, I, you know, they, they lead the nation in almost every defensive category. Um, but, but Auburn was still able to come back and have a chance there at the end. Uh, and, and, yeah, it's a shame the whistle wasn't blown. Now, if they had blown the whistle, there's no guarantee right. that the game's going to go to overtime because Wendell Green would have had to have hit three free throws. And I, let's see what was Auburn. Auburn did not shoot good free throws. That was uh, they were better than Tennessee, I think. Well, Auburn was fourteen, nineteen, seventy four percent. Yeah, so it wasn't bad. And yeah. Wendell, Wendell's the guy you would want there sure. at the line. But I mean that they ended up with as about as good an opportunity at the end as you could get. I mean, coming back. Um, but there were yeah. I, I know everyone. What uh, was just losing their minds over the officiating, and I was I was there with them. Yeah. Uh, I will I will admit that, uh, Dan. I don't know if you if you saw yeah, that live. Yeah. I mean, I didn't get to the, see it live. I saw the the, the non five second count followed by when they did get it in bounds. They turned it over three times before they finally dropped the ball out of bounds and had to blow the whistle. Uh, but but I mean, still Auburn put themselves and gave themselves a chance to. Uh, you know, to to send the game to overtime. If they can keep keep playing defense like that, uh, you, you just hope that they'll be able to get uh, get some more going offensively. I mean, the I guess the as as bad as it was for the guard shooting, the fact that Jalen had a second straight really difficult game from the floor uh, is something that Auburn Auburn needs to get the ball. We were talking about it last week, Brian. Auburn needs to get the ball inside. Yeah, they do. And, and, and it's a double-edged sword, though, because I think defenses are counting on Auburn trying to get the ball inside because Auburn's right. perimeter shooting is what it is. Oh, right yeah, now. sure. So you just keep sagging and sagging back. Right, so defenses are, are sort of counting on Janai Broom and Jalen Williams trying to get things going around the basket. And that's where Jalen's got to hit some shots that aren't just right at the yeah. basket. Yeah, and that's, that, If he'd been able to do that Saturday, Auburn probably wins comfortably. <sighs> It's not going to get easier for Auburn around the no, basket no, until, they, until they start shooting the ball better from the outside. And I mean, Auburn has had games where, where they've shown glimmers of that, but you're going to need more consistency or it's just going to be really tough sledding in the paint the rest of the season. But, uh, but we were talking... Uh, what about the non-call, Bill? On the, on the three-pointer. Oh, the non-call was terrible. I mean, that, that's... That non-call was is... terrible because just a couple of minutes before that, mm. was it Wendell that was called or KD? Uh, it was KD. Yeah. KD was called for the foul on Vescovi, who, I mean, there was barely, there was barely any, any touch at all on that. And that turned into a four-point play. And then Auburn's, uh, Auburn didn't even get the opportunity to shoot free throws. It was explained to on me. A much a more egregious a call. Long, a long Not time. Call. A long time. My first year doing the Troy basketball games, it was explained to me by a referee. We were chatting after the game. And he says, you know, it's, it's so tough with these fast-paced teams and by the letter of the law, you know we're not supposed to be allowing contact. But that's not the game anymore, and that's not right. that's not that's not how this is officiated. So what you're trying to really do is you're calling plays that are out of the ordinary, right? You're calling fouls when something isn't just a standard, you know what 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 is what is sort of accepted now in the game. And I would argue that the non-call, I mean that that was. That's a foul under the definition of what you've the got, modern game You've got to call that. And it look, it, it wouldn't have lost the game for Tennessee. It could have sent the game to overtime was the worst case scenario you would think right there. But no, you've got to call that. Yeah. I don't I don't need to hear any of this. Oh, you don't wanna you don't wanna make a call that could decide the game at the end. Yeah, if it's a foul, 
Then you need to make the call. A missed missed call and, like you said, a missed call with huge implications because it could have sent the game to overtime. It's not the only... It's not the only takeaway from the game on Saturday. No, no, no. There, there was so much. But, I mean, when the former head of NCAA officiating is tweeting about the call should have been made, then, you know, yeah. it's, 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 it's not just Auburn fans. And I want to I say, too, like, maybe the headline, despite the loss, maybe the headline is Auburn's defense plays about as well as you could ask yes, Auburn's defense absolutely. to play in a basketball game this year. That's Tennessee. That's a national championship contender. That's a team with really impressive statistics across the board on the season. To go there and hold them to single-digit three-point percentage right. and uh, you know a, a field goal percentage under 30, uh, they're they're not going to do that in too many conference games. This they held year. them to what twenty three points in each half. Yeah, the Tennessee <laughs> offense is not going to do that very often this year, and that's a testament to the way Auburn is defending. Like I said on the Max Roundtable, I don't think too many teams watched the game on Saturday and said, "Yes, yeah, sign us up for a tournament matchup with Auburn," because that defense uh, can make you look uh, really really sluggish for long periods of time, even if you're as good as Tennessee. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety. That's the Kia of Auburn hotline, and we'll get to it. And Barry is up first. Hey, Barry. Hey, guys. How's it going? Pretty good. I just wanted to call and and say what most people don't seem to be talking about is it's not the poor play by the guys that are playing. It's not disappointments and necessarily Wendell Green or KD or Flanagan. It's actually the disappointment in Treor. I mean, it's hard to get excited about the five-star recruits from last week when I wonder are they – a Jabari Smith five star, or are they a Treyor five star? I'm not really sure. That's and a that's a ver- that's a very legit concern, and you have to, uh, you know, you have to look at each case, I guess, separately. Um, Yoan Treyor is a guy that hasn't been playing basketball that long. He's, you know, an international guy that that has come over, and it's his athleticism. Uh, and and some things that he can do length, right, that that, that are the reason that he's a five star. Right, he's yeah. going to develop into one. Now the the guys, uh, LeBaron Phylon has been doing this yeah. against the best competition in the state, and Tahad Pettiford has been doing against some of the best competition in the country for and a couple of years. AAU so so too, yeah. So, so I, yeah. I think I I think you can feel a little better about that. But I understand. No that. That's a very that's that's a that's and, a very legit uh, thought. And and to Barry's point, I'd I'd like to add that it's not just I think frustration in maybe Treor not being you know able to step in and set the world on fire as a five star like we've seen some other freshmen come in and do right for Auburn. I think there's also whether whether it's a desire to see Trey Donaldson more often. You've also got the chance Westry sort of question lingering over at least part of this season as far as, you know, was he going to be able to re-enter the rotation and provide a spark offensively? People were so excited by what they saw during the international trip with right. Chance Westry last year, and so, and so I think that set the stage for there's probably some disappointment among the fans as far as the kind of freshman year you've seen out of Westry as well. Bruce mentioned a redshirt right last week when, when talking about yeah. uh, Westry to the media. Yeah, if he doesn't, if he doesn't play anymore, he, he can qualify. I mean, he'll have um, that, that third of the season that yeah, he hasn't that, exceeded. That seems to be the plan right now. Right. Yeah. And, you know, Treor, I mean, it, it could be next year that Westry, Treor, and, and Janai are your three best players on, on, the, on the team for Auburn. Just, you know, you've got to give these kids some time to develop sometimes. Yeah, I, I'm told, I would agree. <laughs> the, 
the Israel trip actually got me excited about the recruits, and it oh, they yeah. just haven't panned out at all. One other quick question. Um, does anybody know why they haven't hung a SEC banner from last year at the arena? Oh, is there, is there not a – I haven't been – I actually haven't noticed no, whether it, or not it, there's a – it's strange. I know Bruce, Bruce announced, you know, a couple of years ago we weren't going to make big ceremonies about that stuff like it was just going to be normal. Uh, but I haven't seen an SEC championship banner mm-hmm. even quietly <laughs> – get hung and i guess once season starts i can't really do it but anyway it just surprised yeah, me i wonder if he announced anything no no i i haven't I heard, heard anything about that and i hadn't noticed thanks for bringing that <laughs> yeah, up you're gonna do it, you know, <laughs> saturday wouldn't be a bad time to pick you know if you're gonna if you're gonna hang a regular season well true if you're gonna true. hang a regular season point, conference championship banner you know yeah at this point with this season it seems like ancient history now we're just hoping we can scrap yeah. our way back I, yeah it would have been cool you're right it would have been cool for it to be there at the beginning of the season but you know, i would have came in i would hope that there is a, an, an sec regular season championship banner eventually at, at, uh, at it's, it's such that's, a deserving banner i mean yeah. you have to go through 18 exactly. games to win that one re- regular season conference i mean look ucla i know they have the policy of only hanging national championship banners you know they, they don't commemorate <laughs> yeah when you're we're not quite there yet yeah yeah give me Give me a you know. Give me ten more. You know. That's the point. That's the point I was making. Yeah, UCLA can be at the point where yeah, Final Fours and Final Fours and Pac-12 championships don't get banners. I do believe Auburn should be cherishing at this stage. Auburn should be absolutely cherishing conference championships because there haven't been that many of them in in the program's history, and certainly yeah. before Bruce Pearl. What he's won two of the four regular season conference championships in the history of the program? I, I think that's a great question, and I, I would hope that there are plans to commemorate last season's championship with a banner. Appreciate it, guys. Appreciate the call. Uh, yeah, Either Saturday against Alabama or in the uh, in the, the game uh, the senior day would, would both be, I think, fine choices to, to raise a banner like that, but I hope that one day there's a, uh, a, a banner hanging uh, celebrating last year's championship. And uh, you, you mentioned the uh, the Max Roundtable, which, of course, you could hear here on ESPN 106.7 uh, each day from 11 to 2. I heard Doug say earlier today, and I hadn't thought about it, but uh, – uh, Alabama looks well on their way to to wrapping up the regular season title. If if they can win Saturday, I mean their next their next three games they got Florida at home, and then they have uh, Auburn and Tennessee on the road. They come out of that, and they win two out of those three. Then uh, I believe Doug said that for each of the last five seasons that were complete seasons where you had regular season and tournament championship. Either Auburn or Alabama has won at least one of those. Okay, what do you guys okay. think? Will Alabama go eighteen and zero in conference play? No, they will not. They're ten and zero. Not they. They won't make it through the Auburn and, and Tennessee. They'll lose one trips. of those two. They're going to lose one of those. If two. Alabama wins the next three, if they win the next three, then they probably will go. They might, they might go. They, they might probably. Go I, I'm thinking. I'm thinking that uh, that that Auburn Tennessee. Road trip because that's the last time they play back to back road games. New, new contract for Nate Oates, by the way. I don't know if you mentioned that. On, yeah, we on did. We talked show, about that yeah, last yeah, week. He's, he's uh, and and I imagine he's going to start trying to beat the drum more now that his future at Alabama seems somewhat secured. I imagine he's going to start beating the drum more about the new arena, uh, which which had which I mean what it's been a year plus since there's been approval on it. I think 
uh, I want to say Skarbinski wrote a little bit about the delay uh, in the in the Auburn Arena or the Alabama new, new basketball arena of late. So that's uh, that's something I would I would think Nate Oates will become more vocal about now that he's uh, secured his own uh, contract moving forward at Alabama. We need to get to our final break of hour number one. Come on in and join us as we continue here on the Monday Drive. Time to churn up some more yardage on the drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into The Drive. Final few minutes of hour number one here on this Monday afternoon. Bill, Dan, Brian Matthews. Let's see, I saw a little headline here a minute ago. I was looking to see if it was someone that, that was prominent. Not, doesn't mean it, that it wouldn't be a factor. See, Alabama adding a couple of analysts, losing, a, losing an, an analyst to, uh, to, the, to the Falcons. But they have announced their coordinators after what seemed to take a lot longer than most people expected it to do, Nick Saban. And I don't think that Tommy Reese and Kevin Steele were near the top of, of anybody's projected possible candidates. Kevin Steele maybe not as much of a bombshell because of his history with Nick Saban. Sure, this Tommy, is the third time around. Tommy Reese. I mean, Tommy Reese is the 30-year-old former Notre Dame quarterback. Not only is he just 30 years old, but he's also coaching at, he was coaching at his alma mater. Right. Played, played four years at Notre Dame and was the offensive coordinator last year. And, 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 is, and Notre Dame people have celebrated him leaving. I mean, some notable Tim Brown just uh, you know tweeted was was so glad that he's leaving Notre Dame. I think he was often scapegoated as both a player and as the coordinator uh, for for Notre Dame, especially with with some of the other more popular. I mean, the, the head coach is is beloved there, and and I think Tommy Reese took the brunt of the criticism when the offense struggled. Uh, but Nick Saban sees well, that if he comes and struggles at Alabama, be ready for that. Right, but I, I suspect that uh, he also sees the opportunity to have a more talented roster. Oh, oh, that, there's no question. But who's their quarterback? That's going to be a question of are they going. Are they going fishing in the portal fishing? I did hear I did hear somebody who covers Notre Dame say last week it's not out of it's not impossible to think that maybe Sam Hartman follows wow. him. Sam Hartman following now I think there were also geographic uh, beliefs I in Sam, so. like Sam, Sam yeah. Hartman is a, is a is a Midwestern guy, and so there was you know the, the belief that maybe that was part of the reason he went to Notre Dame, uh, but. Hey, don't don't write anything off. Yeah, I keep thinking right. I keep thinking Talia is gonna is gonna kick the tires on a return to Alabama after several good years at Maryland. Well, they may be able to do like what Auburn looks like they're going to do. See how things look this spring. Yep, and then uh, and then assess what they need: an experienced guy or just more talent. All right, we need to get to our top of the hour break. Keith, hold on. You'll be up first when we come back for hour number two of the Monday Drive. ESPN 1067, WGZZ HD3 Waverly, and W294AR Auburn Opelika. 
I'm Christine Lisi. NFL fans will have to wait another year for Tom Brady in the broadcast booth. The recently retired quarterback told Fox is the Herd with Colin Cowherd. He'll begin his role as a broadcaster with Fox during the 2024 NFL season. Chiefs running back Clyde Edwards-Alaire, activated from injured reserve, is eligible to play in Super Bowl 57. In a corresponding move, Kansas City receiver Nicole Hardman placed on IR. Kyrie Irving in Dallas today for his physical with the Mavericks a day after the blockbuster trade from Brooklyn. The Nets need to use the picks they acquired in that deal to improve their roster ahead of Thursday's deadline, advises Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max co-host Jay Williams. Frankly, I think if you're Kevin Durant, you're looking at this as an evaluation year. You're saying, hey, look, I took my extension. I am here. Is this team moving in the right direction? Do we feel like I trust in Sean Marks and Joe Sy to help me win a championship? And by the end of the year, if you don't have a better, if you don't have better clarity on where that is, uh, you can ask for a trade. Jay Williams on Greeny. Duran, who asked the Nets for a trade last summer, is under contract through the 2025-2026 season. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. At Progressive, they're making things even easier. They'll help you bundle your home and car insurance together so you can save on both. Learn more at Progressive.com or 1-800-PROGRESSIVE. The sports capital of Alabama. This is The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067. And online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome into hour number two of the Monday Drive. Bill, Dan, and Brian Matthews here in the studio. Hour number two of the Drive brought to you by the Orthopedic Clinic, East Alabama's go-to center for orthopedic care with locations in Auburn and Opelika on the web at orthoclinic.com. And we, uh, we'd love to hear from you. We welcome your calls on the Kia of Auburn hotline. Kia of Auburn, where you're always number one. And the number to get you through is 334-321-1390. You can also text the show, 334-564-1840, on the Drive text box, presented by our friends at Southeastern Industrial Contractors. You, you want to turn Bill's mic off before he sprays the, <laughs> <laughs> he sprays the lights off? I backed it up a little bit. Southeastern Industrial Contractors. I don't know if... Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead and finish no, no, with no, the no, promo. No, no, You're the it. one that started it. Go ahead. I did. I did hand you the Lysol bottle. And, um, and, and then in the middle of that, well, I was going to let you say that while I, from a distance, just sprayed a little. <laughs> you can still pick it up. It's a, Anyways, so Southeastern Industrial Contractor sponsors the text box, 334-564-1840. They also sponsor the podcast, which you can find however you listen to podcasts. Also want to mention, uh, in addition to Southeastern Industrial Contractors, uh, you can, of course, join our big game contest, the uh, the big game later. Later on this week, and the uh, uh, you can you can pick it later the, on this week or the first of next week. Well, you can you can depends debate on how you, you can debate it. on that. But ESPN one hundred six seven says it's the first of next. week. Join ESPN one hundred six seven Wings ninety four three and Tiger Country one hundred four five for the biggest game of the year. Select your winning team and enter the score prediction for your chance to win an Auburn Network prize pack, which includes a one hundred dollar Visa gift card, walk ons gift card, an eighteen inch original kettle grill from University Ace Hardware, and a big screen mm. TV. Man. 
the Big Game Sweepstakes sponsored by the Orthopedic Clinic, Walk-Ons, and University Ace Hardware. And you can go to uh, RadioAlabama.net yep. or uh, you can uh, go to ESPNAU.com. Lots of different places uh, that you can enter. But enter right now the Big Game Sweepstakes. And uh, we're about to get to the key of Auburn Hot. I, I wasn't spraying the Lysol because I'm sick. <laughs> I was spraying the Lysol. I don't know. After after we talk to Keith, I'll I'll go into this. Somebody's got a cat or something in this in this building. Hey, Keith. Hey. Uh, yeah, I just turned y'all on, so I don't know exactly what all of y'all talked about. But uh, I was just going to ask y'all a question. I was thinking about people is, who have listened uh, to the whole show don't know what we've talked about. Keith, so don't, don't worry about. Yeah, that. that's all right. I don't know what we've talked about. No, no, I've got an idea. But uh, just thinking about the possibilities and everything about the Auburn football team. Uh, in y'all's opinion, do y'all think that Auburn's talent gap between the current staff or the current roster and, and Georgia's current roster and the Liberty, last year's Liberty team and the Arkansas team, which one do y'all think is the, uh, is the farthest apart? So wait, so I'm, I'm a little confused okay, about the question. Okay, so, so co- comparing the, the talent differential between Auburn and Georgia and then between Arkansas and Liberty. Auburn and Georgia right now? Yes. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know as much about, I mean, Georgia's a tough comparison too because that is, Brian, correct me if I'm wrong, that's, that's the strongest looking roster in college football right. at the moment. Depending on their losses and everything, but still, that's going to be one of the most talented teams in oh, the yeah, country again next year because they're recruiting. So I, I still I think, think Auburn has a ways to go there. They, I mean, they've, they shrunk, they've shrunk the gap from what it oh, would the, have been. The, the, gap, the gap has been shrunk very noticeably. But, it's, but, it, may be, but it still but exists. But it's, it's still a substantial gap. Uh, that, that's, a, that's, that's a really good question, trying to compare those two, because I don't know that I, I was not as high on Arkansas preseason this past year as a lot of people were. I think Arkansas did a great job. Uh, Sam Pittman got them playing as well as they could. Uh, I never thought they were the most talented team uh, in in the SEC West. So, and Hugh Freeze had to jump through hoops as Liberty's coach with regards right. to recruiting because it's not a power five. Had to rely job. on a lot of transfers. There's, there's, yeah. I mean, there's also a a strong religious component to Liberty University that would probably prevent him from uh, getting every recruit he wants or every recruit sort of fitting in culturally and, and things like that. So it's a, uh, I mean, I, I think it would be, it's understandable that, that Hugh Freeze would, uh, would be able to uh, improve upon his position as a recruiter from, from what he was at Liberty, uh, no matter where he went, but he's really done well over these last few weeks, bringing, I, bringing talent into Auburn. I, I would say, and then Brian, I, I want, I want you to chime in here and tell me if, 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 if I'm wrong on, on feeling this way, I think Auburn's talent is much more competitive with everyone outside the super talents of Georgia and Alabama and the SEC now. I think that's a perfect comparison. Right? I think Auburn's got work to do to be with the two best teams in the country or two of the top three or four teams in the country every single year. They've got to right. put together back-to-back great high school classes and continue to um, upgrade through the portal. But they're in much, be- much, much better shape as yes. far as competing with other the talent, the rest of the SEC. Even the teams like Arkansas, Ole Miss, Mississippi yes. State, the teams you play every year, they're in much better position now to beat those teams than they were um, 10 weeks ago. Well, and Auburn sure. on the field last year wasn't, I mean, when you think about it, right, the LSU game was highly competitive. Oh, yeah. The, uh, the Mississippi State game was highly competitive. Auburn beat Texas A&M. 
last year. So, I mean, the Auburn, Auburn still had success even in the division last year on the field, but the future looked bleak yes. when you thought about Auburn. You know, so many of the impact players on last year's Auburn team weren't coming back on offense and defense, and so many players, uh, you know, that were step. We were you were going to count on players that hadn't played very much college football. And what Auburn's been able to do as far as injecting talent to different spots on the roster, it's really, really impressive. And like we were saying in the first hour, there are other factors. There are other, you know, other external factors at play. But Hugh Freeze deserves the lion's share of the credit for what's been able to happen on the recruiting trail. And, and it's, uh, it, it, it seems like maybe just the beginning. Right. Well, I, I, watching that game, you know, I, it was obvious that, that uh, Arkansas had the more talent, and uh, they uh, they probably came in a little flat. And But uh, Hugh Freeze pulled off one of the, the best uh, upsets of the year, and it was a, a lot like um, – well, the, the team out of uh, – I can't think of the name of the, the team up there in the Carolinas uh, that, that pulls off all those upsets. Uh, Appalachian but, State? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was comparable to that, you know, and, and uh, you know, doing it with a third-string quarterback and everything. And, uh, you know, I know he turned around and lost some games he probably shouldn't have lost. But, uh, the, uh, you know, they uh, they went in there and, and beat a uh, SEC West team on their home – Field and and their uh, Ar- uh, Liberty's defensive line just humiliated Arkansas. I mean, they were smaller and quicker, but they were in the backfield and coming from every direction. Yeah, but there's, and, there's a di- you know what though I, I will say there's a difference between having a group of five program that can rise up and play the game of their life and beat a power five program versus assembling a power five program that can do it game in and game out. Because this, what you're telling us about Liberty, not to take anything away from Hugh Freeze. But that was no. also true of Brian Harson at Boise State. Brian Harson right. could Brian Harson could assemble a team at Boise State that could occasionally rise up and 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 give a lot of problems to a Power Five team. But taking those methods, you know, alone, you know that that that, that didn't translate to victories. But he he has shown that he he's done it at the Power Five level yes, as well yeah, when he was at Ole Miss because you know once he got that talent at Ole Miss, he did go you know he beat Alabama and then he beat them again the next year. That's something that has been virtually impossible for anyone to do and that's beat Nick Saban back to back. Yep. That's right. Well, it, everything looks good and I, I think that the uh the basketball team I, maybe they can tweak a few things and and uh come on around, you know. I mean, they they just got to have a few key, key plays here and there, but um you know, Broom is playing a lot better and uh I don't know they they uh just barely lost that ball game, but uh I think they can come on back and upset some people. They may, they may be even able to beat Alabama. Tomorrow night is a huge game. Tomorrow night is a big, big ball game down in Texas A&M. Appreciate the phone call. Good stuff. Yep. 334-321-1390. He said one thing that sort of reminded me of one of the things I wanted to ask you, Brian. And uh, you mentioned it earlier. Last Wednesday, we got a chance to meet all the assistant football coaches. Yeah, we did. Uh, just... just your your thoughts, a guy or two maybe that you you really were impressed with, just spending a few minutes with. Well, we spread ourselves out, so I only talked right. to a few. But um, I was really impressed with all the guys I started with. I started out with uh, uh, the defensive line coach. Uh, I was going to say Jeremy Garrett yep. when he was talking about what the defensive line did. Um, you can see in the time we spent with Jeremy Garrett uh, why he's a good recruiter. I mean, he is a he's a an energetic, personable guy that uh, seems like um, 
seems like he'd be fun to play for. I mean, I'm sure it wouldn't all be fun, but I mean, he's uh, uh, he he knows what he wants, and and all those guys. Yeah. I, I can see why this is a good recruiting. And, and core. I think people really respect him for his NFL. Um, mm-hmm. uh, for the time he spent there coaching at that level, I think that really helps him a lot. And I spent a lot of time with Jake Thornton, who I'm extremely impressed with. I think he's the offensive line. Auburn is offensive line coach Auburn's needed for years and years. Uh, I really like what he did already in the portal and, and recruiting. And I think he's going to land some star tackles and offensive guards and centers in, in the future and, and, and high school players and really upgrade that position a lot. And I got to talk to Aldridge, who came from um, – Liberty, Liberty well. with uh, you freeze and also really impressive. The thing I liked most about Josh Aldridge was, um, you know, he took over as defensive coordinator at Liberty, I think, the last year. Mm-hmm. And, and he was the interim head coach in the bowl game. Yep. And the defense that he modeled his defense over when he took over was Ron Roberts. That just tells you that's a great fit, right? Right. So, you know, you're getting a Ron Roberts who has this great mind, and you're getting a guy that, um, you know, wants to learn from him, also a really good position coach. I just, the thing I like most about this class is, I mean, the staff is you've got you freeze leading from the front, and you've got a bunch of young guys that are hungry, want to prove themselves in the SEC against all these other great programs, great coaches, and you've got two really experienced, smart, innovative coordinators. I just think it's a perfect mix of coaches. 334-321-1390. Let's get to the Kia of Auburn hotline. And Dak is next. Hey, Dak. Hey, Bill. How's everybody doing? Pretty good. I don't know. uh, There's something I was going to – look, I'll go ahead and mention this. Dan Dan had to to mention that I I (laughs) took the Lysol. See, Brian's sneezing now. (laughs) Brian's sneezing. No, we came came in here. My head had been perfect all day long. And I said, Friday, it did the same thing. My head's stopping up. And and the only thing I can think of is that that somebody somebody around here has a cat. Because Cat Daniel will do that to me. Bill, that's exactly the way I am as well when I get around cats. But, hey, guys, uh, talking about basketball for a second, have y'all gone back to last year? How many last-second shots has Wendell taken? And do we know, you know, the stat from that on last-second shots to either tie or win the game? Because That's a good question. Taken, I have not. Hasn't this been about the last eight, at least eight to ten games, that he's taken the last shot? Well, part of that is you've got to have somebody that wants the ball to take that game-winning shot. And Auburn's got a lot of guys that aren't selfish. I mean, that, that and I'm not saying that you have to be selfish to do that, but I, Auburn's got a lot of guys that I think would rather pass the ball to somebody to take that last shot. But I, I have more faith in Flanagan than I do Wendell at this point. If you go back from last year to this point, and uh, I guess I should have looked that up and and. and That's a good question. We'll, we'll, we'll start. We'll, we'll uh, put our research staff on that. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, I heard earlier about us. Uh, the discussion was how we, we are improving on defense, and I agree with that. But my concern with that is that tells me that they turn it on and off uh, because with two seniors returning at the guards, uh, we should have been playing like that from the beginning. Yeah, because Auburn didn't struggle like that last year on the perimeter, and they were the same guys. Right, right, until the NCAA tournament. It seems like it carried over until uh, to this season as well but but we have improved i i do i hope we keep 
you know, playing that hard. I would, well, well, I would jump in on that though. Auburn also was bolstered on the perimeter with Jabari Smith last year, who was True. a, I mean, who, who was a real threat to score. And they had Walker Kessler for anybody decided to drive by and go, you know, try to do a layup. That, right? that is true. That, that is true, guys. Um, anyway, I had something else and it slipped my mind. Uh, but anyway, good show, guys. Uh, y'all have a good evening. All right, Dak. If you think All of right. it, give us a call back. Three three four. Three two one thirteen ninety. We'll go ahead and get to our first break here of hour number two. Love for you to join in here on the Monday Drive. Now more of the drive, the drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN one zero six seven and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of the drive, call three three four three two one one three nine zero. Toll free at 888-382-7502 or email the drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the drive. Coming up on uh, 520 here on this Monday afternoon. Bill, Dan, Brian Matthews from AuburnSports.com. And Brian, it is a uh, it is a fun time. It's a busy time. There's so much going on. We've talked, we mentioned gymnastics, but I mean there's a lot going on. But baseball is about to get started. Too. Spring sports are about to get started yes, while we're, you know, uh, sort of wrapping up, getting ready for the start of spring football and basketball's heading down the stretch. So there's a ton going on there at AuburnSports.com. No, I actually went and talked to Butch for a few minutes uh, Sunday. Um, sounds like things are going well. Uh, Joseph Gonzalez is back, throw a bullpen. He's going to throw. Oh, is that right? That's good. I, yep. I knew that they'd sort of been holding him back a little bit. Was it scapula? Yeah, I've just been real careful with him, um, but no real injury to report there. Um, and he's going to throw some Friday and, you know, be ready for, you know, a limited appearance um, that first weekend. But that's how it usually is for most starting pitchers. That first weekend right? is next weekend. I know it. And, um, the softball don't they get underway pretty yes, soon? Yes, they do. Yeah, I think they do. Yeah, and I think uh, I think uh, Mickey Dean's available. I think he's got press press conference mm-hmm. coming up here in the next day or so. I hadn't finished reading all my my notifications yet. I believe Friday they opened the tenth. Yeah, yeah, they opened this this week. The lead yeah. the leadoff classic down in uh, Clearwater. They're, they're mm-hmm. playing a couple of a couple of teams you don't see very often on the schedule. St. John's and uh, Pitt among the teams that Auburn will see in the next couple of days down in Clearwater. Yeah, so I mean, it's uh, there's there's a lot going on. You guys have got uh, plenty of of material. Yes, we will be very busy. Uh, I love baseball season, of course. Be there opening day and another what is it, uh, twelve or so days? But um, yeah, the end of next week. Now this weekend is going to feel like the start of baseball season because it's going to be cold when Alabama yeah. comes into town for basketball. Oh, yeah. Got game day. Yep, that should be exciting. I, I know there's going to be a big turnout, and uh, I've heard the students are already talking about camping out overnight. So you know. Hopefully, it won't be too cold for him. So, well, with, yeah, with an early with an early start to game day, and then the game right after uh, college game day, or a couple hours after college game Who's day. Who's going to be delivering the uh, the food this time? I don't know. That was that was us last time. Remember, we brought those we brought those pizzas yeah. a, a a year ago, and uh, I will be I'll be out of town, so someone else from the uh, network will have to uh, will have well, to. Well, I mean, if a certain fo- football coach uh, chose to do it, I don't think he'll just show up and do it and leave. You know, for the photo op. I think well, I, actually, what else is he doing right now? Yeah. The same guy. He maybe maybe he's. Maybe he's doing pizza delivery now. Maybe. The wow. The the uh, <laughs> the uh, getting back to baseball for just a uh, for for a second. We we can we can get off off the topic of people who have blocked Brian on Twitter. And the uh, jo- I, I was reading about Joseph Gonzalez and sort of the projections for him once once he comes back. I mean, there's there's a lot of Major League Baseball draft excitement in what 
he could, uh, you know, in the kind of season he could have. What does the pitching staff look like behind uh, Joseph in, in your mind? Like, who, who are you? Who do you imagine could compete to be a, a big part of the rotation this year, uh, aside from from Joe? Well, that is the big question they're trying to get figured out, right? Yep. Um, I, I think uh, Chase also right is the favorite to be the number two guy. I think a couple of freshmen, um, Crotchfeld and. Uh, Who's the big left-hander? I'm trying yeah, to that's, that's exactly what I was thinking. Now, there's the, the, the uh, big lefty. Um, uh, shoot. We can call him the big lefty until we find the name. <laughs> Drew Nelson. Drew Nelson from um, Troy. Played at Pike LeBrox. I think between one of those two are, are going to be the Sunday starter, and one could be a, a week, um, you know, Mid-week. Tuesday or Wednesday type starter. Right. Um, depending on how it goes in the next two weeks. They've got a lot of options, though. A lot yes. of guys. And, and hopefully, I mean, that, that's that's what you love to see there in the early season is you'll see a bunch of different guys. Uh, as they and, and that's why you like to play. You'll see, um, you know, the, the two midweek games and things before you get into conference play because you want to see as many of those guys in action against somebody other than yourself. Yep, and I think you'll see Chase Isbell have a chance to close games, but I mm-hmm. think that is still open too. And I think they're looking at four or five different guys. Um, Possibly there. What I think is going to happen is as we get into the season, non-conference play, you're going to see a lot of pitchers getting opportunities. And as Butch likes to say all the time, the players are going to make the lineup. And I think that's how it's going to work with the pitching staff establishing, you know, different roles, whether it's middle relief, whether it's a weekend starter, midweek starter, closers, setup guys. I think that's all sort of going to be a process. You got a lot of new pitchers on the staff. Uh, you got Coach Rock, a, a, a brand new pitching coach there with a lot of experience handling staffs like this. So I, I just don't think everything's going to be settled by the time opening day gets here with Indiana. And one of the things that uh, Butch has talked about uh, multiple times is he feels like this could be the uh, this is probably the strongest physically uh, yeah. team that he's had. And they've got some they've got some dudes that can hit the ball in the middle of this lineup. Um, really good players. Nate LaRue has had a terrific fall and now preseason. He has changed his stance. He's opened it up some and that's allowed him to just make better contact and he's really uh, been terrific. So that's that's one guy to look for. Ike Irish is a freshman that's going to be a special player. You know, he's one of those guys when other players or coaches talk about him, they just talk about um, how he doesn't act like a freshman. He's so mature, uh, has a great approach at the plate, which is something that freshmen sometimes struggle with, right? Um, you know, defining balls and strikes and, you know, not getting embarrassed sometimes you get up there. But he is a pro hitter, and he's going to be a terrific player. I think he's going to start out uh, as a DH, get some opportunities catching, and they're also continuing to work him at first base to see how he comes along there. And, of course, uh, the Kirby kid who transferred from um, – well, I don't remember is, he the Ma- is he the Mac transfer or um, the uh, or the Kansas? Uh, I don't know. He's out of Georgia. Yeah. Uh, Justin, Justin, yeah, Kirby. Justin Kirby. Um, he's going to be a middle of the order big bat in there, a left hander. Uh, that's going to help out a lot. The, the the Kansas transfer is another big oh, bat he's a big in first the middle base, lineup. Justin yeah. Kirby was the he, he transferred from Kent State. He was, yeah, he was the, originally from the Mac. Yeah. Justin Kirby, oh, Alpharetta, grew up in Alpharetta. Yeah. yeah. And then you got guys like uh, Case and Howell. Yep. Uh, I mean, who's who's back, yep. back and and uh, even uh, and and uh, golly, there. Bobby Pierce is Bobby another Pierce guy. is another guy that can mash. Yep, and you know with Kirby, um, Pierce, and um, Cooper, uh, Cooper McMurray is the Kansas yes, transfer who had the who had the big uh, big season 
last year as sort of I mean there are a bunch of guys yeah. there are a bunch of guys that uh, it's going to be interesting to see you know we talked about all the arms there yep. there there are a few guys going to be interesting to see exactly how things shake out um, I mean you got you got Bello I thought was was you know good in the postseason yep. and apparently has been doing. Uh, better here lately. Yeah. After, the season, lately. after the season Sonny DeShera had, you can understand why people would see a 270-pound <laughs> first baseman or whatever Cooper McMurray is, is clocking in at. No disrespect to Cooper because that, that's, a, that's a big, powerful bat that he's swinging. But you can understand why people would get excited about the potential of an incoming transfer uh, with, with, uh, with, with huge power potential like Cooper McMurray, the Kansas transfer that, that I think is going to compete to be Auburn's first baseman or, or DH yeah. uh, this, this season. I think it's going to be a good defensive team in the outfield. Uh, Kirby and Pierce have great arms. Kaysen Howe is a great defensive center fielder, yep. and, and Pierce and Kirby are both really fast back there, too. So it's going to be a terrific outfield. Still working on some battles at third base, and Second base, figuring that out. But, um, again, I think that'll be a process, and it'll, it'll be up to see how many players can step up once the season gets going because this team has a lot of depth. What about, and, the, and, what about the end of games? I mean, with, with Blake moving on, there, there's some question of, of who, could be, uh, who could be tasked with, with high-leverage relief opportunities. Right? Yeah, I mean, well, Chase Isbell would be the, the number one guy there, I think. But I, I think that's pretty wide open there as far as the closer. Yeah, my yeah. question there would be, would the, would the starting rotation battle sort of set the tone there as who's available? Or, or do you think there are uh, not, two not early on, battles. I don't think. Yeah, I think yeah. it's two separate battles. Right. Um, Will Turner is a freshman that's really been bringing it lately, a big left-hander who can get it up in the 90s. What Tommy Sheehan? Could he, could he, he, he had a good outing yeah. uh, recently. I think he's more of a middle reliever, not a closer. And who's he? Who's, setup is guy. it Bale? The other yeah, guy? Tommy that, Bale from Notre Dame, yeah. the other guy that um, could figure into the closer or setup role. Uh, so they, they definitely got some options. And, and once again, uh, Butch can use the uh, no respect chip. I yep. mean, and it's understandable. Again, you lose, you lose Sonny, you lose, you know, you lose those guys. But you're here. You are picked at the bottom of the SEC West. They were picked at the bottom of the SEC West last year, and where they wind up? They, they wind up in, in Omaha. And, I, and the reason I asked about Tommy Sheehan, and, and granted, it's not it's a question of closing versus high leverage situations, but he was used in some really important moments. Oh yeah, at the end of last season, and so I would think with, with his, you know, he's a sixth year veteran, you know, who's who's been around some some battles. And maybe that would, uh, you know, maybe that would lend to uh, to, to Sheehan possibly being, you know, one of the guys that Butch leans on in that situation. It might not be the closer. It might might just be a high leverage, uh, yeah. middle relief uh, setup setup option. And actually, I think it's was, it was Will Cannon, the big righty uh, that came from JUCO, is the guy that's hitting uh, ninety five. Yeah. 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 We'll get to our bottom of the hour break. A couple of segments left. Plenty of time for you to join in as we continue here on the Monday Drive. Back to The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067. And online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. 
Welcome back into the drive here on this Monday. Still afternoon. It's not dark yet. I love it. Amazing. The days are getting longer. Yeah. Uh, it, it, yeah, well, it, uh, I, sh- I should be used to it. I've been around for a couple of years. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, well, what is this thing weather? called? It uh, is. Uh, yeah. since, since I got back to Auburn this oh, week, it's gorgeous. The beautiful weather. So great to Absolutely. be home. And, uh, and yeah, look, looking forward to... Uh, where, where are you this week? We are at home on Thursday. So there are 18 games over nine weeks uh-huh. in the Sunbelt schedule. Do the math. That's two a week. That's right. But... Nine home and nine away right. means that there's a weekend. Means one week you're at home, one for for one game, and on the road for the and other. And this is our split weekend, so we will be at home against Arkansas State, and then travel on Friday to Monroe to take on ULM on Saturday. Oh, okay. And Troy, so Troy, back to Louisiana for you. That's right. Troy needs sounds four, like a country song. Yeah. Troy needs four wins in their next six games to clinch That's a, a Delbert share. Song, as a matter of fact, Delbert Clinton. Uh, they. Uh, uh, they need four wins in their next six games to clinch a share of the Sun Belt title. Five wins in their next six games guarantees that they'll be the outright league champion. So they got something to play for. They, oh, yeah. They could, if they win the next four, they clinch the title on senior day, which would be really special. Oh, that's for, that's for, what for you'd love kids. to be able to do. And, and that's, uh, you know, if they can win the next four, they'll be able to do that, which they've never done in, in school history. Every time we, we clinch the title, it's been on the road. So that'd be a, a cool thing for the players and the coaches to, to be able to do it and celebrate with their families. So Dan around for a couple of more days. I'm only here three more days. Yeah, you've got, you're going to see a John, Johnny Cougar, right? Yeah, that's right. Look, going to go see for, Mellencamp Friday night. Mellencamp. You, got a, you, got a favorite, you got a favorite Mellencamp song? Uh, probably go way, way back. Yeah, lay it on me. What do you got? Uh, I'll tell you what mine Jack is. Jack and Diane? No, no, no. I'm going way back to the Johnny Cougar days. Okay. Ain't even done with the night. That's me. Oh, that's me, wow. too. It's a Thank great song. Oh, it people is. don't know it do, that well. Do, do, yep. do, do. I like. He was Johnny Cougar back then. Yep. You know? How about this? I like Paper and Fire, which is oh, a song. I, that, that people, I, do, I, do, I really like pa- uh, Paper and Fire. Of, of his, is a song of his that people don't. Stuff uh, that came later. And, then, and then I think Key West Intermezzo is, is an I Saw You First. The, the, the oh, 90s song, I Saw You First. The Key West Intermezzo is a cool song. And then, and then yeah, some of the really famous Little Pink Houses and Cherry I was thinking back because, yeah, that. The the old the early yeah. stuff is pretty yeah. really maybe, good. Maybe Cherry Bomb. I mean Cherry, uh, Cherry Bomb is right. That's a, that, that's a good one too. Right, we'll, we'll, yeah, dated, we're, uh, in, in the mean, in the meantime, dated uh, Ryan that, that's John Cougar Mellencamp. We've got a John <laughs> on on the phone right now on the key of Auburn hotline. Hey John. Hey guys, how are you tonight? Doing fine. Good. I'm glad Brian's there today. Brian, what's the what's the consensus, or if there is a consensus, what's the opinion in the uh, sports? arena of the status of the women's basketball program that's interesting um they've been playing much better oh lately. they played much much better and lately. the recruiting has gotten better yep but i still think they had some catching up to do there so yeah. I, my opinion i don't know what the opinion is over there in the athletic department about it but my opinion is Let's give her some more time and see how much more she can develop this program because it was pretty low when she took over. Oh, right, it, there, it there was, was really low. There, there was such a gap between Auburn and the teams not in the bottom tier of the SEC when Johnny Harris took over that I that I think being as patient as one could be is probably the right approach. Having said that. Difficult loss yesterday. Oh, I mean, oh, d- yeah, diffi- difficult way to lose a game. Inexcusable is is a word that some people might use, but but I would the, the, say the difference. But Bill said it at the beginning of the show. 
And whether you want to, con- you know, talk about the foul at the end of the men's game, the thing about that, and I know we've got a Hall of Fame coach there on the men's side, but he was able to get three turnovers if they were called by using his timeouts plus a pretty darn good look at the basket on yep. the last shot, whether he was fouled or not. And he had a chance. And contrast that with the women's game I'm listening to yesterday. They, they, they get the ball. They get a, an intentional foul. They get two free throws and the ball. It takes five or six minutes to go to review it and all that stuff. And the announcers on the radio are saying, we need somebody warming up. We need somebody warming up. You know, they're standing around doing nothing. And the, the girl that he picked, she picks, goes out there and misses two free throws. And then consequently, they get the ball out of bounds, and they can't even get the ball in. That was bad. Yeah, that, yeah. that was tough. I mean, yeah. that, that's just, I mean, I know she's only been a coach for two years, but it just, you know, when she was at Mississippi State, usually what happens when a team made a run like Mississippi State does, whether it's men's or women's, they take the top assistant the year after they make it to the Final Four or all that. Well, she went to Texas, and I just wonder if this is another Allen Green hire that we're just delaying the inevitable, which we didn't do in football. And, you know, <laughs> you know, I mean, I know women's basketball is not that big a deal, but I, I, you know, I'm not a big women's basketball fan, but you watch the scores on Sunday, and if it's on TV, you watch it. But, I mean, I've hesitated to make this phone call because they lose games. They're losing by 50 and 30 at home to Alabama and 30 on the road at Ole Miss. And then they seem like they're turning it around. And, I mean, it just, you know, you just throw up all over yourself. I mean, you don't even give yourself a chance. And I, I know they're not – I know losing to South Carolina is not that big a deal. But losing at home to Alabama, who's got a mediocre women's program at home by 31, is ridiculous. No, no it, it, it's, a da- it's a damaging loss, and I, I would – um, you know, I, I would think because she was put in such like because the the deck was so stacked when she first got the job because Auburn had had fallen so far in the final few years under the previous coach that would be a, a reason to be patient. Um, and there has been and there has been progress from the you know the last the last year of the previous coach. Well, you but, would know better than I would, Dan, with women's basketball and all that stuff. But I would just figure John Cohen knows of her from his Mississippi State days. And I would hope that a reasonable conclusion could be made in March, you know, where, where we're going. Because we, we did the right thing in football. We, 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 we saw the bleeding and we stopped the bleeding. And I know women's basketball is not that big a deal, but I would hope we'd do the same thing in basketball or baseball. It used to be a much bigger deal, obviously. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. No, and I, and I think a fair, great stuff, John. A fair assessment, you know, should should be made. I, I think that I would. Oh, I'm sure it will. I, I would. Um, I would think it's early, you know, in in, in year two to to make a, a judgment to to go in a different direction. Uh, but at the same time, yeah, he as he know, brought I, up. I, think, yeah, I mean, you, you John, want, John you Cohen progress. knows Johnny Harris. You want to see progress, yeah. And, and yeah. John Cohen uh, has. Uh, and, and John Cohen recently hired a women's basketball coach at Mississippi State. You know, right right before taking the Auburn job, so he's gone through and he knows what the market is like right now mm-hmm. as well for for women's basketball coaches. Uh, so uh, yeah, I think that's that's something to watch for. Even if if Johnny Harris and I, I would I would assume she's going to have a third season, uh, but I would expect that there there's going to be there will be expectations sure. in, in that third season that the team is closer to the middle of the SEC at least uh in uh, you know m- moving forward back to the Kia of Auburn hotline and Cameron is up next hey Cameron hey guys how's it going pretty good yeah i just want to uh, kind of give my 
two cents to the whole uh, women's basketball thing. I I, I agree. I, I feel like we're kind of. I don't. I, I don't think we're 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 over overreacting to the to the to the home loss. Um, I, I do think uh, we need to give uh, Coach Harris time to to get the team to get the team with the right players to the place that it it uh, it needs to be. Um, but I mean, not to not to put down women's basketball, but I think it's just it's just it's it's one of those sports. Whether it's just a, at Auburn or really just Auburn, where it doesn't get the the care that 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 most people think it deserves, because I mean, cause, I mean we're, we're focused more on football and, and men's basketball. But uh, the uh, main question I had was with the signing of uh, Walker White. Uh, one of the things that, um, I want to hear hear hear, hear y'all guys talk about is how do uh, Walker White's uh, skill sets. How do they fit into the Hugh Freestyle offense, and also uh, his his attributes and stuff? How uh, is is Walker White the the type of quarterback we're used to seeing in a in a Hugh Freeze offense? Not just Hank Blissett. Thanks, guys. Well, now you've seen you've seen different completely ones. different right. kinds of quarterbacks under Hugh Freeze, but uh, Walker White's an athletic, yeah. big guy. Yeah, he ran for over a thousand yards last year, close to it. Uh, yeah, it was around nine hundred. Yeah, and uh, obviously has that big arm to get the ball down the field. Um, gotten really nice size. So I think when you look at Walker, Walker White, you could project him as a pro-style quarterback, pocket quarterback, who also has who really can, good athleticism. Move, yes. Right, he can move in the pocket. He can tuck the ball and, and get you know yards when he needs to scramble. And I think you can you know run him on zone reads and stuff like that. I think he's going to be physically tough enough to take mm-hmm. uh, some of those hits from SEC linebackers and defensive backs. So, you know, I think he's a great fit, but I, I agree with Bill, though. I, I think Freeze can work with a lot of different quarterbacks in his system. Yeah, it'll be really interesting. All right, spring, what you've, is, got, you know, you, you've, got, you've got Robbie, Holden, and, and uh, TJ out there this spring. Yeah, my question with Walker White would be, like, so what, what is, as far as what you've seen from Walker White, like, what, what, would, be the ideal, what would be the ideal offense to, to have, you know, what, with his, with his skill set, you know, something wide open and... You know, with with the option to run and pass, we've seen yes. that with Hugh Freeze before. It's kind of tough to project how yeah, a quarterback I mean, fits in a Hugh Freeze offense because, like you said, we've seen different quarterbacks succeed. Hugh Freeze can bend an offense to a quarterback's skill set and, and sort of make it fit, and and that would, uh, you know, that uh, somebody. I mean, Walker White seemingly has talent uh, that would uh, uh, that would lend itself to you know Hugh, Hugh Freeze can mold something with. Uh, with a quarterback, like yeah, I mean, that. he runs a pretty wide open offense in high school. I mean, they're they're spread shotgun, uh, but but again, he's physical enough to be able to run it. So I think uh, I think you're pretty open to the to the types of things you can do. I mean, he's not your plotting pocket quarterback who's uh, you know struggling to get back and set up before he's and 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 then going to be and there's so down. much and there's so much dust that needs to settle. In the quarterback room before Walker White's oh, yeah. on campus, right? Here in oh yeah, months, I mean, though. like we were saying a while ago, you you got this spring to determine how are things going and what else do you need to add because I am com- I, I'm I'm totally convinced that uh, Auburn's going to add another quarterback before the fall. Yes. Um, but but the spring may determine, and he sort of said this Wednesday when he spent a little time with the media, and he'd said the same sort of things down in Mobile at the Senior Bowl um, that the spring could determine. The kind of quarterback that they go after, you know, if, if they come out of the spring feeling like, oh, we've got our guy, you know, then then maybe you go for 
for a, a super talented young guy who hasn't gotten the opportunity yet for the future. But if you come out of the spring thinking we still need a quarterback or, or the quarterbacks we have still need some work, right. that's when you go after an experienced, proven quarterback. And there's also the question of who, who could be available at right. quarterback in the portal and, and what at, at different schools will quarterbacks that don't like where they sit in the competition decide to go test their water, you know, go, go test the waters of the portal, will experienced options from the group of five uh, jump back into the portal or obtain their degrees and transfer uh, schools yeah. Yeah, and I think graduate both. transfers? Yeah. I think you're, you're going to see Between options now. coming from yeah. all those oh, areas. Right. It's a lot, lot of, uh, you know, maybe it's because there's a cowboy movie on, on the modern <laughs> here. It does feel like there's a lot of dust to settle between sure. now and the uh, yeah. and, and and the end of the of, of the summer. The best thing about this is they're going to have an absolute one hundred percent idea of what they have. Yep. After spring, which they don't right now. Right. They're going to know where Robbie Ashford stands now. What they what his potential is. They're going to be able to evaluate everything with every quarterback and know exactly what they need for the portal in May and then going forward. They've got the they've got the quarterback for twenty four. They're going to really start recruiting that 25 quarterback right away, too. We'll get to our final break. Shane, hold on. Want to give you uh, plenty of time, and you'll have it when we come back to uh, wrap things up here on the Monday Drive. You're live on The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email us at thedrive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back in. Final few minutes here on the Monday Drive. But we got time for a few more calls, and let's get back to the Kia of Auburn hotline. And Shane is up next. Hey, Shane. Hey, guys. How are you all today? Doing fine. Good to hear from you. Hey, I just wanted to say a couple of things uh, about some of the stuff one of your callers just said, and that I take a little offense to, is the women's basketball. Number one, he said, well, it's just women's basketball, and number, nobody cares. I don't think that's true. And, and, you know, correct me if I'm wrong. Not too long ago, nobody really cared about Auburn men's basketball. You're so, absolutely right about that, Shane. Bruce turned some <laughs> things around. So I, I don't. Those I don't of really us like that went could sit anywhere Auburn we sport. wanted. Yeah. Yeah, it's an Auburn sport, so we care about it. In my opinion, number two, uh, I, I'm pretty sure that we have already won more SEC games this year than 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 in previous uh, you know couple of years with the the, the past coach. I, I think that. Uh, I, Having seen seen them play in person the last few home games, they're improving. You know, we don't have the top talent like like South Carolina does, but but we we pull off some wins, and that's you know that's expected. The game last week uh, the other day was 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 heartbreaking, gut wrenching. It really was because we had the, we, we we had it. Oh yeah. But it wasn't it wasn't the coach's fault that that the player you know got nervous and 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 missed both. It wasn't the coach's fault that, I don't know, maybe, maybe she should have called timeout. But I'm just saying, a lot of it is players. And, and in that moment, a lot of them aren't used to some of this because, you know, for, for this or that reason, you know, we're not, we're not supposed to win. This is Auburn women's basketball. You know, we're not, it's not, expectations aren't that high yet. And I hope we get to the point where it is and people don't call in and say it's just women's basketball because 
I, I don't. I, I I have a daughter, and and it, it, it irks me when people say things like that. Yeah, I, I I was assuming that Cameron misspoke when he when he sounded because he's he's called about the sport before, and he, you know. I, I but I I appreciate you taking offense to that because it is it is an important thing to have out there that it, yeah, I don't want to be reductive at all when we talk about uh, women's basketball. I'm I'm an advocate for women's basketball at the college level, and uh, and I do you know as to as to Johnny Harris, uh, I see. Uh, I, I see why folks would say give her more time and let her build something because she was behind the eight ball when she arrived. At the same time, um, you know, it's it's uh, it's I, there's all I, I understand disappointment following a loss like the one yesterday because it seemed like Auburn had it and it slipped through their fingers at the very end. But who would we get? You know, it it, it is it is we're not you know a high profile women's basketball team right now. So so could we attract someone? Of uh, you know equal equal to a Bruce uh, you know Bruce Pearl for the women's side because you know it, the men's was nothing to write home about before he got here and and so so you can't just say it's just women's it was just Auburn basketball if you're going to do it like that an earlier an earlier caller mentioned I don't think it was Cameron but another caller mentioned that that Johnny Harris also was hired by the previous AD which I think is something that complicates yeah. her future because John Cohen maybe would be less invested in growing the Johnny Harris experiment uh, than than an AD who actually hired Johnny Harris. So maybe the timeline has accelerated a little bit, and and there needs to be results. Uh, maybe not. I'm not talking about this season. You know, the team doesn't need to rally right. and make the postseason or something like that. But, but I think it would be fair. It'd be fair for there to be expectations of of improved results next year uh, if, if you're going to yeah. uh, if you're going to keep evaluating the program. Last thing is is. Um you know, I'm not I'm not opposed to uh, getting a new coach, um, but let's have a plan and 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 let's 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 see if we can make you know the women's sports uh, as important as the men's sports moving forward. And maybe we'll get some recognition because you know if if, if there's no importance, if 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 men aren't showing that that we care about these women's sports, maybe maybe the some you know maybe some of those high profile coaches will come if if the attitude comes you know first anyway that's all i gotta say war eagle to every sport appreciate the call shane just about out of time here on the monday drive brian uh again another busy week a lot going on i, I guess another rundown tomorrow is that right actually we're going to put off till wednesday so okay. we can talk about the tuesday night game against, oh that uh, makes sense yeah. that makes sense yeah. with uh, with so. the game tomorrow night that's right folks at remember yeah at the a&m game tomorrow night out in yep. College Station. Yep, they've already left. I think they they may have arrived, but they've already yep. left. The team left uh, today, uh, and that's a big, big game for Auburn. If you just look at their remaining games, they need to steal yeah. one of these tough road games, and this is a opportunity for them to get a little, little bit of um, revenge for what happened at Neville Arena about a week and a half ago. Uh, but plenty of football and recruiting coverage, basketball recruiting coverage. Baseball starts in a, a week and a half. Softball starts this what, weekend. What's going to happen Sunday? What do you got? Super Bowl. Uh, I'm, I'm rooting for the um, KC, but I think the Eagles are going to yeah. beat them. Rihanna, you excited? What? Can you name a Rihanna song? No, still can't. Sorry. <laughs> well, you never know 70s what you're going to. You never know I, what you're going to read about yeah. though in Brian's right. musings as as right. he goes in so many different directions did, did as he did today. Charlie Brown today. Oh, they just yeah. announced. Yeah. it's not going to be Rihanna. It's going to be Bruce Hornsby doing halftime. Brian's so no. that's, uh, <laughs> that's still not somebody I listen to though. So. <laughs> Great stuff as usual, Brian.